Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Okay, real talk. Think you're too cool for Valentine's Day? Well... Let me tell you something. She probably wouldn't mind getting a little box from Shane Company tied with a burgundy bow. Want to say, I love you more every day? We've got the perfect gift for that. Or maybe you just want to say, I've got a crush on you. We've got a gift for that too. Whatever you choose, she'll cherish it forever. And she'll think about you whenever she wears it. With our awesome selection of fine jewelry in every price range, you'll easily find an amazing gift. Necklaces with colorful gemstones, stylish earrings, bracelets, and rings crafted to the highest standards. And don't worry, we'll make it easy for you. Come in or visit us at shanko.com. Our friendly team of knowledgeable jewelry consultants will help you find the perfect Valentine's Day gift. Visit us in San Mateo, Walnut Creek, or in Cupertino, where we've moved to a new location just two miles down Stevens Creek Boulevard. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and shanko.com. Josh Keeley, and today I am going solo. We're just going to do a quick review, a quick preview for the upcoming game against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and then let you hit us back up on Wednesday when we release the betting podcast. Uh, Both Ryan and I had very good weeks last week, um, so really, really excited to talk about that. But First things first, it is Victory Monday. The Cleveland Browns are now 2-1, the first time that they have a record above 500 since week 14 of 2014. So technically, that is 84 weeks without a winning record, which is, yes, the longest streak in the entire NFL. Um, so that's finally broken. The Browns are now 2-1. and one. They beat the Washington football team. I know I'm going to say Redskins at least eight times throughout this podcast. Uh, but again, they beat the Washington football team 34-20. to 20. Washington falls to record of 1-2. and two. Um, But the Browns not only beat them, but they beat them pretty much into the dirt. They beat the spread. Uh, they moved the ball really well. Uh, they withheld them on defense. We had some, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the, Adam Moore and I talked about the Browns-Bengals game and how, even though they came away with a win, I wasn't thoroughly impressed. The Bengals are not going to be a good team. They're a team that's probably likely going to have a top 10 draft selection, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, the Redskins are in, are probably going to be in the sim, same situation. They're also not very good, but I just feel like this win was more def- 
impressive, um, especially on the defensive side. I think that the Browns have found their rhythm on offense. It looks like that they've they've kind of found the method that works. Obviously, this offense revolves around the strong running game, um, more specifically Nick Chubb, as he had another 100-yard rushing performance with 108 yards. He is actually the first Cleveland Browns running back to rush for over 100 yards and get two touchdowns in back-to-back games since Leroy Kelly in 1967. So that's something to consider. But I think that that is the identity of this offense. Um, I know you saw everybody saw a lot of stats in there where a majority of the rushing yards were gathered in the fourth quarter in the second half, um, and I, I feel like they found their rhythm. Baker Mayfield, they've kind of asked him to not do too much. I don't want to call him a game manager, but he because he is a playmaker. Um, but you know, I think that you can expect him to be in the 150 yard range that he hit on Sunday. He only threw for 156 yards, but he did get two touchdowns, um, and he didn't throw an interception. I think that that's the goal is to not turn. The ball over and this is the first time in eight weeks where he has had no interception um i believe in back-to-back games yeah this is the first time in eight weeks with no interception back-to-back games um he's hit the 100 he hit over 100 in the in his quarterback rating for the second game in a row, and that's the first time since week 10 and 11 in 2018. Um, no, I'm sorry. And then, yeah, this was the first time he didn't throw a pick in about eight weeks. In eight weeks is what it says. I apologize. So obviously, you know, the whole game plan for, May- for Baker Mayfield is just to be efficient, consistent, and not turn the ball over and rely on Nick Chubb. And I'm okay with that. Um, we saw the rookie tight end Harrison Bryant get one reception for three yards. His first NFL touchdown, um, we saw him play a lot, got a lot of snaps. He got more snaps than the number three wide receiver, Kaderil Hodge. Um, and I think you can probably look forward to that as well. Um, it'll be interesting how they work David Njoku back in. David Njoku is clearly the better athlete. But Harrison Bryant is shown to be a pretty effective blocker. Uh, and is definitely a, a very solid receiver. So I kind of took that away as some something that's going to be – you're going to be pay, seeing his name a lot more. Um, the game was a little up and down. It wasn't all smooth sailing, although I do, do believe that the, the product as a whole was very comforting for Browns fans. Um, it was a good – Good showing for the Cleveland Browns, but the Redskins did – the Redskins. The Washington football team did come out. They did score first, um, and the Browns came out in the second half and did – once the Browns took the lead going into the second half, the, the Redskins came out, stopped the Browns, and then the Redskins scored twice and again took the lead. Um, so I – the in-game line was actually the Redskins were getting four points, and at that point I was actually strongly considering taking Washington, but the Browns proved me wrong once again. Uh, and the offense moved the ball well. The defense played great. I think the big key for the defense was turnovers. They had five turnovers, three interceptions, and two fumble recoveries. I, I That's obviously not sustainable. They're not going to be able to do that. But that does show that the defense is progressing. There was a huge weakness against even the Bengals where they're letting the teams just throw the ball all over them. So hopefully with that we've kind of found a way to lock it down. I know Dwayne Haskins is a Dak Prescott, and Dwayne Haskins is – Makes a ton of mistakes, and Dak Prescott doesn't. But hopefully the way that they're utilizing their coverages, the way they're mixing things up, the way that that pass rush from Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, um, hopefully that kind of is offsets what the Dallas Cowboys do in the in, the, in their passing game. Andrew Sandejo is clearly still a liability. Dwayne Haskins was basically just throwing it wherever Sandejo was supposed to be in the entire first half. But again, that seemed to slow up in the second half. The Browns seemed to have a better, better plan. Joe Woods, it seems pretty obvious, 
that he is understanding that Andrew Sandejo is the weak link. Um, so hopefully, knowing that he is the weak link, we can do a little bit better of job protecting him from getting beat consistently, which is really sad. I don't like to talk bad about Andrew Sandejo. As everybody who listens to this podcast knows, I like guys that come from the CFL, the XFL, and Andrew Sandejo is a former Sacramento Mountain Lion. I believe that's right, from the UFL, the United Football League, way back in the uh, Early 2000s, so I don't want to. I don't want to speak ill of him. He's. A, I think he's very good technically. I think he's often in the right place at the right time, but he has not been this season. It's been a complete liability. Uh, but again, off to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are currently one and two. A lot of you probably watched the game on Fox this past Sunday when they lost to the Seahawks, 38 to 31. It is a very explosive offense. We know about Dak Prescott. How good he's been, how good these receivers are, including Amari Cooper and new rookie CeeDee Lamb has played great. Michael Gallup has been great. There's really not a whole lot of negative to say about the offense. The running game has been a little underwhelming. I think Ezekiel Elliott had just hit the 200-yard mark. He only had what? Let me let me let me double check here before I open my mouth. He only had 34 yards rushing against the Seattle Seahawks, and he didn't get the ball once on the opening drive, which is very strange for a running back of his caliber. He's arguably arguably the best running back in the NFL. Very talented. You know, he was once the focal point of the offense. I think that he is the X factor in this game. I know that a lot of Browns podcasts and a lot of people are going to be focusing on the Dallas Cowboys and their electric explosive passing game, and they should. If the Browns lose, that's probably going to be a big part of it. But if the Cowboys can dictate the game on the ground, utilize Ezekiel Elliott, get him more involved, get that momentum going, um, basically wear the defense out, then the Cowboys might smash us. So that's something to watch out for because Ezekiel Elliott is very, very talented. But it's it's weird how they failed to get him involved the last game and how he didn't he hasn't quite hit any kind of strides this year. I know that he had the safety this past week, but that wasn't really his fault. That was more of Tony Pollard's fault. Um, but it, it would be it'll be very interesting to watch how the Cowboys utilize him against the Cleveland Browns. But again, we'll see. As far as the Dallas Cowboys defense goes, I think that their linebackers are very good. To me, a, a lot of people will, will point to their pass rush as the strength, and that is true. That a lot of that pass rush comes from the linebacker core. Alden Smith has been absolutely phenomenal this year. He had three sacks against the Seahawks on Sunday with four quarterback hurries, two tackles for losses, and a pass deflection. It would not shock me if he was up in Baker's face all day, every day next Sunday. Uh, Joe Thomas is their middle linebacker, and he's is not a, uh, he is not in the upper echelon of linebackers, but he's played very well for an undrafted free agent. He had four tackles, I believe. He led the Cowboys in tackles, tied with the other linebacker, Jalen Smith, who is another uh, who's one of my favorite linebackers in the NFL, former Notre Dame graduate who who flies around the ball. He had four tackles on Sunday, so this is a very good linebacker core with a superb pass rusher and two linebacker two other linebackers that fly around the ball pretty effortlessly. So I, I do think that the that the Browns are going to have an uphill battle moving the ball against the Cowboys. Um, I know that the Cowboys' passing defense is terrible and it's atrocious, but the Browns are going to really try to rely on running the ball because that's what they do. So I don't know if we're going to be able to see the offensive output that we saw against the Washington Redskins because the team, the Dallas Cowboys are just built differently. Um, with that said, that brings us to the next point. The Cleveland Browns are a four-and-a-half-point underdog to the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas Right now, again, I, I'm not. I don't have any money on the game, but right now, my money would be gun to my head with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are a good team. They're a playoff caliber team. They're a team that a lot of people thought 
were going to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, their passing game is in the up. It's one of the t- best in the NFL. We just talked about all three of the receivers. You know, I mean, CeeDee Lamb's only a rookie, and he's arguably the best slot receiver in the NFL. Uh, we talked about Dak. Everybody knows how Dak Pres- how good Dak Prescott is. I don't have to talk about him. I don't have to talk about how good Amari Cooper is because we already know that. Ezekiel Elliott is an absolute stud. We know that their offensive line is typically very good. They've dealt with some injuries this year. You know, this might be another game where Miles Garrett goes up against a backup offensive tackle, so that would really help his production and really help him feast some more. He's feasted these last couple weeks against some really, really pedestrian offensive tackles, so another week against that would really help this defense. Um, but with that said, like the Dallas Cowboys, they just they move the ball very well, and their defense isn't atrocious. Their passing defense is really bad, but you know they do have some stars there. You know Demarcus Lawrence was also hurt against the Seahawks, and he only played. I think he played like forty percent of the snaps on Sunday for the Dallas Cowboys. You you can expect that number to be higher against the Cleveland Browns because Demarcus Lawrence is gradually going to be healthier, gradually going to be getting more snaps, and he's another very effective pass rusher. Him mixed with Alden Smith are not an easy task. They're just not. The Dallas Cowboys are very good. So, yeah, gun to my head, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. The total is set at 56. I think 56 is a lot of points. I've talked about how the, uh, the Browns are going to try to dictate the game by running the ball. Okay, well, that leads me to believe it's probably going to be under for – they're not going to score a ton of points. And then I, I talked about Zeke Elliott being the X factor for the Cowboys. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm going to try – to slow the game down, play ball control, beat the Browns because I know the Browns don't have any depth on defense and they're you know they're not good in the back seven and just try to beat them into the ground, try to maintain ball control and only throw when I really have to, you know, um, try to win that time of possession battle and hopefully the Browns just fold. So that leads me to believe that that number I would hit the under on it. Plus 56 is a lot of points. Um, for instance, the, the the Washington football team Cleveland Browns contest from last week, the, the total was only at 45 points. So we're not, you know, 56 points, both teams got to score a lot. And I don't know if I really see that happening. I, I could see the potential for this to be a blowout. I hope it's not. But the Dallas Cowboys are very, I think that they're a very good team, that they're a very good team. This might be the biggest test that the Browns have. Um, but, again, we'll see what happens. We'll have a, a little bit more of a sharper break, breakdown as far as gambling goes on Wednesday for this game. Wednesday we'll, we'll have our, our best bets again, a, a recap last week. This week I went 4-0 and in the NFL. I'm currently watching the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens game, and I put money on the Chiefs getting three points. Why you would get why Patrick Mahomes would be an underdog, I have no idea, but I'm probably going to go 4-0, and believe it or not, in the NFL this week, which is great because actually I went 2-1 the week before. So I, I'm, I've got a little bit of a hot streak in the NFL, so that means whatever I say on Wednesday, you probably want to fade me because that's not going to last very long. Uh, I did very well in the college this past week too, which is good because I needed it after Oklahoma State uh, kind of uh, boofed me a couple weeks ago and uh, ended that college streak. But we're going to be talking. Ryan Keith will be joining me. Adam Moore will be joining me. Make sure you give us a, a like, a follow, or a review on iTunes. Again, this is the Browns Wire Podcast, and I am out.
This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's on the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.